0: This is the old show feed for the LGBTQ podcast that gives you news and views from a Not Straight perspective. We took the eighth out of the name, so the podcast was renamed Not Straightcast," all spelled out as of episode 32. The last episode on this old feed is episode 35. Episode 36 and beyond are now located on the new feed. All the links are located on our website, notstraightcast.com. Or you can search for NotStraightcast in your favorite podcast app. Also, visit notstraightworld.com for links to all of our websites. If ensuring speed and security for your websites is a top priority for you, then search no further than VoxOnix's shared website hosting plans. VoxOnix uses SSD powered servers and provides numerous site acceleration tools that will make your websites load noticeably faster. Additionally, Vox Onyx has deployed ZFS data storage that showed your website contents from corruption. Also, Voxonix will manage the task of migrating all the websites you need to their system at no cost to you. Get started with a free 30-day trial. You don't even need a credit card. At Voxonix.com. That's V-O-X-O-N-X.com. Afterwards, it's only $4.42 per month. Visit VoxOnix.com to get started now. This is the podcast that gives you news and views from a not straight perspective. This is not straight cast 24 for August 20th, 2021. Welcome to not street cast. I'm Joe Cronach. And I've been
1: trying to reach you about your car's extended warranty.
0: You know, what's kind of funny you mentioned that, Jason, (laughs) because I noted on Facebook probably about four or five months ago that I'd never gotten one of those calls. Oh, really? I jinxed myself. Of course, now I don't really answer calls on my phone that comes from numbers I don't know. I'll let them go to the voicemail if it's that important. Right. And when you know it, now all the voicemails are like, we've been trying to reach you about your car's extended warranty. We've tried to reach you (laughs) multiple times via phone. Yeah. No, you have not. <laughs> this is oh the first time God. I've ever heard from you. And with my 11 year old car, no. <laughs> you know,
1: I got one of those calls the other day. Oh God. I, <laughs> I, I sort of, I sort of celebrated a little bit because it's the first time that I've actually gotten one of those calls while owning a vehicle.
0: <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. For those of you out there who don't know, Jason just bought a car actually. And that's actually our next topic here.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: yeah. Yeah. How are you liking the car?
1: So the car is, uh, it's just, it's amazing. You know, I've been extremely lucky. Uh, one of the biggest problems that I thought that I would face was going to be parking and getting a parking permit. Okay. i uh, You know, you used to just go down to the office downtown, show them your proof of residency and the, uh, the registration and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And there you go, you have a little thingy that you can stick on your window or hang on your, your rearview mirror. Well, you don't do that anymore. You do it all online.
0: Oh, that's nice. Yeah.
1: It is, but I, this Pittsburgh Parking Authority website, after I you know, submitted my payment and filled everything out, I, I got a message saying, due to COVID, uh, processing times are much longer. It could take up to two weeks, and I it still hasn't been processed. I I don't know if they are able to see that I have started that process or not, but I still have yet to get a ticket, so I've been pretty lucky.
0: Well, probably if there's things going on due to the COVID, COVID two, I guess we could call it now, huh? Yeah, yeah. That um, basically they wouldn't have the uh, street walkers out there issuing tickets either. They do. They, do, oh, they do Of course, of yeah. course they do, yeah.
1: Uh, as a matter <laughs> of fact, I was speaking with one while yeah. my car was being delivered. I knew that my car was was going to be delivered shortly, and I saw one of the parking enforcement agents outside. So I ran out, and I was like, hey, I'm about to get a car. It's going to be here any minute. I I don't have the license plate number until the car arrives, so I wasn't able to sign up on the website yet how do I prevent getting a ticket? And she basically said, good
0: luck. Oh, geez. <laughs> you, uh, you know what, if you do get a ticket, you could probably contest it. Yes. And pretty much I think they probably, if you ended up having to go to the court over it, it'd probably be like a Teams meeting. Right. Microsoft Teams meeting, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so,
1: But I mean, none of that is necessary to think about yet because I've been parking on the street. I parked in the, uh, the paid parking lot the first night. Okay. And then after that, I started parking on the street and just have not yet received a ticket. I somewhat wish that I had not brought this up because now I'm going to get a ticket and on the next podcast,
0: we'll talk about it. But, you know, right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, if you say it, it won't happen. Yeah. It's kind of like you're trying to get bingo at a bingo game. You're like one number away. Yeah. It's like, oh, I'm really close. Forget it. You won't get bingo. <laughs> you know, so. Yeah, that's that's <laughs>
1: exactly right. Exactly Right. Well, and you know, my car is going to be parked for longer periods of time now this coming week because starting what tomorrow is it?
0: Yeah, starting the nineteenth, I believe.
1: Yeah, starting uh, starting tomorrow, uh, which if you're listening to this is yesterday, uh, <laughs> Friday the nineteenth. We have no, a festival. Friday is the twentieth, or thurs- <laughs> Thursday the nineteenth. forgive me all i all i do is is uh you'll uh,
0: you'll explain why in a second here it's going to turn into a big blur in your neighborhood right
1: yeah so uh everybody has these you know little arts fests here and there in their towns and whatnot well here in the bloomfield section of pittsburgh where i live we have a uh a four or five day festival called uh little italy days where they block off the major streets and the vast majority of the side streets. Uh, and it's all, you know, vendors and, uh, food and crafts and whatnot. And it used to be a wonderful festival. When I first moved here, it was amazing. However, the organizer of this festival started increasing the prices to get a spot. Uh, okay. as, it, as it grew in popularity, he started increasing how much it costs to set up a stand. Mm-hmm. And that priced out a lot of the little shops and local people. And now it's, you know, chicken on a stick and stuff that you find at a carnival. And, you know, th- people who make their living off of going from festival to festival and are willing to to pay those larger prices and corporations like. People that want to sell you new gutters and new windows, and you know—that's why I like go that. to a
0: festival, right? Yeah, yeah. And buy new gutters, yeah. And <laughs> that's the last thing I get to a festival for.
1: Yeah. You know? So you're walking down the street, you're getting hounded by people that want you to come and spin this wheel to earn a discount on new windows, or Ooh. uh, You decide you want to get something to eat, and you got to spend fourteen dollars for a chicken on a stick and some rice. I. Uh, You know, stuff like that. The reason this festival used to be popular was because the prices were low. It was all local. Uh, There was one year where I just, I was sitting in my living room and I was like, you know what? I want a cannoli. So I went out and I got this beautiful looking chocolate cannoli right near my house. And I saw another place right down the street was selling cannolis. was like, I'm going to go get some from them too. I ended up getting a cannoli from five different places, and then I, <laughs> I came back and, like, compared them and, like, taste-tested all of them and, like, picked my favorite. Uh, well, two years ago, we didn't have one during the pandemic, obviously, but two years yeah. ago, uh, I went out in search of cannolis. I wanted to do that again. I couldn't find a single
0: cannoli. Yeah, I was just going to ask you that. How are the cannolis this year? Yeah. Non-existent, apparently.
1: Yeah, non-existent. They were all replaced by... Giant barbecue places, uh, corporate places, and chicken on a stick.
0: You can go and get yourself in some gutters and compare those. Yeah. Yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> but the reason I talk about this festival is because I have no idea what I'm going to do with my car. I'm pretty much going to be boxed in this town. Right. So I might I might have to go back to taking the bus for a few days.
0: Might might have to come visit me, huh? Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, not if I can't get my car out or right. it, well, I don't think getting my car out would be the problem. I could go up to the back street there.
0: It's getting it back in would be the problem. Getting
1: my car back in would be the problem. And then if I did get it back in, there's no way I'd find a place to park. I don't know where I would put it. Right. Yeah. So I may have to just, you know, I've got my car in a spot right now. I'm going to head down to work later tonight for a couple of hours. When I get back, wherever I find a place to put it, it may just stay there for the weekend.
0: Mm hmm without a parking permit huh without a parking permit yeah <laughs> well you know what like let me also ask you this here too i guess whenever you get the parking permit is it tied to your your plate on your car yeah.
1: it's tied it's tied to the plate so they just go around with a little digital uh pin pad they punch in the uh the plate numbers that they come across and it tells uh tells them whether or not it's uh it, that that car's got a permit
0: but do you have a temporary plate right now
1: I do but I was able to create an account on that website oh, and okay, I can, so you can go, then change it Yeah I can go in at, into my account at any time and change the uh, license plate on that okay. vehicle.
0: That's good yeah So Indeed. you've had all this exciting stuff going on me I'm just refinancing credit card debt you know so. Well, I mean
1: <laughs> we uh, we are in our late 30s and uh, early 40s that is not that's not
0: unexciting that's a pretty exciting thing. Yeah, I mean, well you know, I mean that's saying something, our credits are getting better and everything there. Yeah. To the point where I can do that and saving myself money, I'll have it all paid off in just yeah. a couple of years here. And uh you know, it's just one of those cases there where it's gonna make my life a little easier there because I guess a side effect of doing this here is that obviously my credit card utilization is gonna go down. Yeah. So I'm probably gonna my credit score is gonna increase and you know.
1: It's exciting. This is the point in our lives where we start taking a little bit more responsibility financially. I've always had garbage, garbage credit as well. And I didn't think that I would ever be able to get a car or a house or anything like that, but I've been, I've been working on it. Uh, A long, long time ago, I was married as I Mm -hmm. believe, you know, Yes. and uh, she had four children that I was, I was helping her to raise and take care of. And it was, it was wonderful. I love those kids. I still talk to them. Uh, But the problem was there were large portions of time during our marriage where she was unemployed and uh so i was bringing in the only money for the entire family and then on top of that i uh, she would go out every once in a while spend 70 80 dollars uh, to go out with her friends and whatnot and that was a huge financial hit for us when she would do that so i would go and take out credit cards so that i could buy the kids birthday presents and christmas presents i and didn't have the money to pay it back. So I knew that I was destroying my credit, but I didn't care. I wanted the kids to get gifts.
0: Well, that's very selfless of you. I will say that much.
1: But the dumb thing about it was that years later, when I had more money, I went back and tried, like started seeking out these debts that I had and started making little payments toward them, which was stupid.
0: Yeah. And let explain to them why that's stupid because probably at that point, they had aged off your credit report. Yes. And you literally had put them right back on the credit report by actually right. starting to um, keep that trade line active when it was actually not active, sold off, and then actually off your credit report at that point, huh?
1: Yeah, so after seven years, if you don't make any payments on these things, they go away. Yeah. But if at like six years and 11 months, You make a $1 payment, that seven years starts all over again. Oh, man. Yeah. Uh, So my credit had been ruined for a long, long time. And then on top of that, you add student loans, things like that. But so it's all starting to get a little bit better now.
0: That's good. I mean, you know, that's one of those cases. Me, like, I originally screwed up my credit when I was 18, Mm. not knowing any better, not having a great job at that point, you know. Yeah getting a card from montgomery wards you remember that store (laughs) i do yeah (laughs) so you know but um Uh. you know then it got good again and then you know i ended up being in a relationship where you know the other half wanted to travel all the time and everything and so i'd be putting stuff in my cards with the promise that it'd be paid off didn't happen i got broken up with yeah you know so then in that case sir yeah right back to where i was you know (laughs) and course his parents are like oh you're in credit card debt let us bail you out of course you know yeah so did you let them no bailed him out not me oh
1: bailed him out i thought i thought they were yeah basically he was the
0: golden child you know yeah could do no wrong (laughs) or if it did wrong you know parents would fix him. so yeah yeah it's just um yeah literally just kind of going but off topic here it's like I swear it's like every next relationship I get into mm-hmm. is worse and worse and worse than the previous one.
1: It should be getting better.
0: Exactly. It should be yeah, going it just the opposite gets way. Worse and worse, you know. Yeah. It just I'm thinking at this point I'm just gonna be a confirmed bachelor for the rest of my life. <laughs> because seriously, it's kinda like I'm sick and tired of everybody else dragging my ass down. Yeah. With them. You know. It's kinda like I'm just sick and tired of it there. You know, I figured I just need a good drink every once in a while and some good friends yeah. and I'm good, you know, I don't know. I what, feel... and, and and whether that drink be coffee or booze. yeah. You know? Oh yeah.
1: <laughs> I feel somewhat differently about that. You know, after my divorce, I spent a lot of years just wanting to be free and not really wanting to start another family and all of that kind of stuff. And now, uh, years and years later, I'm kind of like, you know, if I'm gonna ever have children, I should probably be getting on that here pretty soon.
0: Yeah, so that's one thing. But like somebody like me who actually doesn't want children, mm-hmm. you know, I'm honestly at the point now where it's kind of like, you know, yes, it would be nice to be in a relationship, but I'm it's not a priority. Yeah, for me to be in a relationship, but you know, then you go on a date with somebody, and it's kind of like, oh, I really like them. You know, I'd like to be in a relationship with them. Yeah, you know, so I still have to deal with those human emotions, even though I'm kind of saying outwardly that you know. I don't you know, sure. want to be in a relationship. My my brain, you know, I'm thinking it's kinda of like, well, maybe you do. Yeah, you know I mean, it's a nice thought, you know. Right. But let's let's put it that way. I think everybody desires to wanna, to, you know, have something with somebody else, you know. Sure. However, it's kinda of like, you know, it's like trying to work yourself out of that mindset is the toughest thing to do there.
1: I just want kids to take care of me when I'm old.
0: There you go. <laughs> You know, it's funny you mentioned that because I have that conversation with my parents now. They're in their 70s. You know, I'm in my mid-40s. Yeah. And it's kind of funny because my sister doesn't live here by my parents. She lives in Virginia. And it's like, great, I'm going to be the one taking care. Yeah. Right. <laughs> you know, right. but it becomes a serious issue there. You know, we have to start talking about those things because it's eventually going to happen. However, my grandmother is 101. She's still alive. Oh, wow. So you know I still have one remaining grandparent a lot of people my age don't
1: correct yeah mine mine are uh mine are gone
0: yeah and the, and the other three grandparents I have are long gone you know yeah they've been gone for at least you know almost two decades now Wow you know of course it all happened like in the span of three years it was kind of strange so how
1: do we how do we segue from from that? <laughs> Well, okay,
0: so we actually, like, we, we list out our discussion topics that we want to talk about, and we actually kind of talked about them. Yeah. Um, you know, like, one of the topics you put down here was dating over 30. Ugh. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Don't get me started there.
1: <laughs> yeah. It's, it was
0: crazy. Well, so, and the, it's sort of like a
1: twofer topic. uh, Dating over 30 and the gay bar scene, the gay scene for people over 30. So uh, a while back, uh, I dated somebody for a little while, kind of stopped going out. I was more of a homebody. And then I went back out to the bar and like the majority of the people that I knew, they weren't there anymore. And it was Mm -hmm. just a whole bunch of like 21 year olds in in a group. It's like, where the hell did you all come from? And where did the people that I used to know go? It's kind of like I felt like. People our age, should we even, you know, should we be out there? Are there other people our age out at the bar? Uh, And then to compound on top of that, one of the reasons that I liked going out to the bar was because I was single. Maybe I could, like, meet somebody or, you know, make new friends or whatever. Uh, But other people my age aren't out as much. So where do you go? as somebody who's over 30 uh to meet these people when there aren't a lot of other uh lgbtq community things happening that don't involve alcohol
0: yeah that's that's the age-old questionnaire yeah you know i've also noticed as i've gotten older dating has become harder because just the fact you're older Mm -hmm. and if you're somebody who wants to date somebody around your age it's kind of like you're starting to dig towards the bottom of the barrel. And I hate to say it that way. You know, yeah. No, it you're... sounds very crass and maybe not hundred percent true, but you know, it's one of those things that one, you're probably more selective now that you're older. Right. You kind of know what you want. Right. Granted. I mean, my, my track record with that is awful. So don't, <laughs> don't listen to my advice here, but anyways,
1: well, and on top of that, <laughs> a lot of the other single men, that are near our age have stopped going out and they are working on their careers and they are buying houses and you know, spending time fixing up their houses and stuff like that. So they're not out in the world and available for me to meet them. I, so you get on some, you get on the dating apps like Grindr scruff, things like that. I, And it seems like everybody that is in our age bracket is on meth. It's like, now the good old capital
0: T's, huh? Yeah. These names. It's like, oh my God. I I will just instantly block somebody if I see that.
1: Yeah. Well, and it's not even just the capital T anymore. They use phrases like, who wants to blow clouds? And it's a cloudy day. And thwack. (laughs) Like all these different terms for meth. I, but like every time somebody hits me up on grinder that is like within my age range it seems like they're doing the meth and they want me to come do the meth or like they ask me like do you party you know stuff like that it's like man all of the all of the good available men that are our age are homebodies I uh, and the people that are still out in the scene actively are meth and drug people, so it's like, man, I don't know, I don't know where the hell to go to find somebody.
0: Jason, you know what's funny? I, as a lot of folks know at this point, I work at a bar like part time. Mm-hmm. You know, other than my day job, and it was funny. Um, if I'm not working, I'm usually don't go out. It's right. only if I'm working, I'm actually out. Which kind of has the nice side effect of allowing me to go out and be social, but I'm also working too. Right. But it occurred to me a few weeks ago that oh my goodness, I don't have to work. I can actually go out and just chill. Yeah, have a good time, and I did just that. But I realized this was the first time in months that I had done that. So, but it you know, but I have also noticed there too. It's you're starting to kind of just see the same people over and over and over again. Right. So the thing I've kind of learned here is, is that it's never a bad idea that, you know, if you're, when it goes a lot, take a few weeks off, you know? Yeah. Try something different and then go back and you'll probably have a better time.
1: Well, the last time I was at a bar was June 16th. I, uh, so it's been a little over two months, but I, I don't necessarily have much of a desire to go back right now.
0: Well, also too, Jason, you don't drink anymore either, right? Right, correct. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, that's kind of the uh, appeal going to a bar. I mean, granted, yeah, the drinking, but there's also sometimes activities going on and whatnot. But, yeah, you know, it's usually the two are tied together in some way. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I, could, I I completely understand one who doesn't drink that much myself, especially because I work at a bar, and so I can maybe only have time to maybe have one drink total. Sure. For the whole I'm then I'm just drinking Pepsi or Diet Coke or whatever you know throughout the rest of the night there is that by the time you hit 1am those folks who are getting a little drunk or getting a little annoying as well
1: <laughs> i definitely relate to the annoying part uh, that's one of my hesitations about going back out to a bar is i can't deal with the people that are drunk when i'm when i'm sober
0: yeah but um, I, I you know i yeah it's almost like i could see you going out hanging out for a few hours and you're like you know what i'm done yeah go home and be perfectly fine with that there's nothing wrong with that
1: yeah absolutely
0: You know, I but going back to what we were talking about before with the folks that you find on Grinder and Scruff and all that there who just Yeah. Who are just going and uh deciding it's like, hey, I'm gonna make uh doing meth a personality trait. When did we get into this thing where it seems like all it is now is a race to the bottom? Wasn't it more like, you know, I want to make myself better in some different ways? Yeah, I agree. Nice car, nice house, wife. Yeah. Well, I think that or 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 husband or whatnot. You know, it's like it it seems like now, like the quality of people out there just seems like it's like things that normally should be happening aren't celebrated anymore, and it's like how big of a dipshit you can be is celebrated. I don't know why that is. You know. Well, I think that that
1: is just our age. So if you take a look at Mm -hmm. if you take a look at Grinder. Uh, there are still plenty of very normal, uh, non-drug using, gays between the age, uh, ages of like eighteen and twenty five. They're there. I just don't message them because I'm thirty eight. I don't want to. I right. don't want to. You know, I don't have anything in in uh, common with them. But, I, uh, it's the older. Crowd, that's our age. They're the ones that are the garbage people. I uh, when well, no, not garbage people. You know, <laughs> addiction addiction is a disease. Yes, and it's and it's very very difficult. I will not hold back in saying that they're the ones acting like garbage people. I uh, who are just you know making poor decisions. I uh, and behaving the way that they're behaving, but I. Uh, so it's, it's the people within our age range. And I'm not saying that, you know, people under 30 don't do drugs. Uh, but well, you know it's what's the funny people too. within our age range.
0: Speaking about doing drugs, I used to have big issues. I don't smoke pot. I mean, I, I'm not saying that I never have. Yeah. But I smoked it maybe a handful of times, you know. Yeah. However, nowadays, it's pretty normal to smoke pot. A lot of people do it. You know, it's pretty much practically legal. Yeah. I don't like the smell of it, you know. I've also been associated with some people. Um, you know that basically made a whole entire offices smell like pot. Oh, yeah, it's just annoying, and it's just like, yeah, you know, people are like, oh, it's not addictive. It's kind of like, well, don't tell me that because I can name you at least five people who freak out if they can't smoke up. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Anyways. I, yeah. Yeah. Basically, what the point I'm trying to get at here is, is that everybody's like, oh, 420 friendly, four twenty friendly, and it's like, when did like, you know, smoking substances become a personality trait? You know. That's all you can say about yourself. I I I think that reflects pretty poorly on you. Yeah. You know, but I said that on Facebook one time, and oh my god, (laughs) I got so much blowback on that. It's like, well, they're trying to find people they want to smoke pot with. I'm like, well, I mean, it just just seems like completely classless to me. Yeah. Well, I don't know. know. I guess yeah. I don't know.
1: I do. I do have a, a different opinion about that. Uh, one, I don't mind the smell of of pot that has been i uh, through combustion oh okay, uh, god that's
0: a uh, worse smell
1: but i do not like the smell of pot that's been ex- exhaled through a vape
0: actually i don't mind that as much but i mean for oh, it's, honestly that smells the same for the most uh, part. T- i don't know
1: to me it smells more like acidic like puke but anyway <laughs> do you want to know what i think it smells like
0: what it smells like cow shit in the field Oh. as far as i'm concerned and then <laughs> lit it on fire yeah that's uh, what pot smells like to me
1: so i see pot now similarly to how i see alcohol and when i was drinking i would absolutely put on my grinder profile like hey does anybody want to come over we'll mix a drink and hang out I uh, so i don't see hey does anybody want to come over i'll pack a bowl and we'll hang out i don't see that as being very different
0: I can agree with you, and I've kind of loosened my stance on it now. At this point, I th- you know things do change; values change. You know, yeah. I I, th- I think a lot of it was being hammered into my head growing up. You know, right? Drugs are bad. Drugs are bad. Drugs are bad. Well, and you know, that's and, actually, and you know, you know, you know, honestly, pot has been proven really to have no you know, side effects for the most part. You know,
1: right? But what you just said actually defends uh, why somebody would put that in their profile. So not so much a personality trait, but for so many years, people were like, drugs are bad, drugs are bad, pot is bad, pot is bad, that now they, because of that, they have to clarify in their profile, hey, by the way, I am 420 friendly. I'm not one of those drugs are bad or pot is bad people. Mm -hmm. So if you would like to get together and and, uh, smoke and watch a movie, I'm somebody you can do that with. So they have to clarify that because of the years of stigma
0: exactly yeah i mean so you know it's just i can understand why i got the pushback and that's probably where at the point my values decided yeah. that i decided to not be such a hypocrite about it you know
1: right well and I, I also
0: smoked at the time too so you know it's kind of like yeah you know but like the way i equated it too was like come over and have a cigarette with me mm-hmm. woohoo you know <laughs> yeah cigarette time yeah
1: absolutely But, I mean, I feel you, because whenever I was younger, it was, you know, pot is bad, pot's illegal, don't smoke pot, you're going to jail, you know, uh, that kind of stuff. And then celebrities kind of started talking about it coyly, and then it started popping up. And then I moved to Pittsburgh, and people were smoking it right on Liberty Avenue. Uh, And uh, over time, I've just come to realize that, uh, you know, what I thought and what was being preached to America at the time was wrong
0: as it became more visible, more out there became yeah. more acceptable. And I think a lot of that can be translated on over to the LGBTQ community as well. Probably. You know, cause a lot of people are like, why does it seem like there's this trans explosion? Yeah. Cause there's a lot more visibility out there nowadays that there wasn't before. And it's being right. talked about a lot more. So
1: people get to see someone like them on TV or mm-hmm. in the news or something like that and they don't feel like they're so alone they feel like they have a little bit more courage to potentially take a first step whereas 15 years ago where in the hell were they going to go to get information if they even knew that transgender was even a thing
0: mm-hmm. exactly so uh jason guess what time it is
1: let's take a break time
0: yes is it that- is okay i must worry that you're gonna say a moment of conclusion we're not quite there yet but <laughs> so we're gonna go ahead and take a break here and uh Coming up next, a new HIV vaccine starts its trial this week. Pete and uh, Chast and Buttigieg announced that they become parents. How Rachel Levine handles transphobia and a useless Californian gubernatorial candidate. In our moment of conclusion is not straight cast. Continues after this. If ensuring speed and security for your websites is a top priority for you, then search no further than VoxOnix's shared website hosting plans. VoxOnix uses SSD powered servers and provides numerous site acceleration tools that will make your websites load noticeably faster. Additionally, VoxOnix has deployed ZFS data storage that shows your website contents from corruption. Also, VoxOnix will manage the task of migrating all the websites you need to their system at no cost to you. Get started with a free 30-day trial. You don't even need a credit card at VoxOnix.com. That's V-O-X-O-N-X.com. Afterwards, it's only $4.42 per month. Visit VoxOnyx.com to get started now. Welcome back to Not Straight Cast. So uh, during the break, Jason sent me a uh, local bingo card. It looks like huh? for the <laughs> yeah. uh, Bloomfield Little Italy Days here.
1: Yeah, I don't. I don't have it pulled up. Do you want to? Uh, so it's for this festival that we talked about at the beginning of the show. That's going to take over my town and has become way too commercialized. Uh, somebody put together a bingo card for this festival, Joe. If you want to read off a couple of them.
0: Let's see. Gutter Helmet Guy wants you to take a look. <laughs> the six dollar cannoli. Yeah. Uh, The skinny teen in the Trump hat. Yeah. There we (laughs) go. A nice church lady sells you the only decent food. (laughs) A loaded diaper left on stoop. (laughs) Oh. Uh, Let's see here. Um, Grumpy old man smoking a pantalea. Panatella. Panatella. What the hell is that? I believe it's a cigar. Oh, okay. Yeah. A far less than sober couple bickering loudly. (laughs) Vaguely racist t-shirt. Chicken on a stick. Yes. Yep. The drunk local harassing an Asian man. Car blocked in, work from home. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's see. Elvis impersonator. Uh, free space, but not much of it. <laughs> <laughs> and a massively off key singer. Yes. Oh, yeah. A garage blocked call tow truck. Oh, yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh.
0: And stranger calls you comfy. Crumpy, I think. Just see. Oh no, comfy. compy.
1: I don't. I don't know what that is. It must be an Italian
0: thing. Oh, uh, speaking of compy, mm-hmm. <laughs> this is one other thing I wanted to mention. I forgot to mention in the beginning of the show. Yeah. Um. This apparently occurred on uh, WESA, which is our local NPR station. Okay. My cousin posted this on Facebook, and six years ago today, whoever called on public radio today and claimed to be instructor of Bukaki Do, who gives trophies to the kids' mothers in the form of ropes. Just great big loads of ropes. Call me up. I want to be your friend. Just <laughs> awful. Yeah, it is awful. Well, then apparently he said later on. I guess they edited the uh, that call out of the show. Okay. <laughs> but what was left is uh, the host of the show trying to figure out what they meant by that. Oh wow. Yeah. So, <laughs> oh man. <laughs> Anyways, uh, let's go ahead. We'll get into the news here. Yeah. So the first story, and this is big actually. Moderna, you've heard of them, right? Yes. Yes. Uh, Moderna will start human trials for its HIV vaccine. So its HIV vaccine will be the first of its kind to use messenger RNA, an approach that Moderna used in an effective COVID-19 vaccine. The clinical trials will start August 19th and end sometime around spring 2023. They'll involve 56 HIV-negative participants aged 18 to 56. The participants will get be given one of the two forms of the mRNA that caused the body to form defenses against HIV infection. So in the past, HIV vaccines used inactivated forms of the virus. However, previous trials showed that these forms didn't produce any immune responses. In fact, researchers canceled one trial in Thailand during the 2000s after inactivated forms of the virus were found to actually increase people's risk of catching HIV rather than preventing infections.
1: Oh, damn.
0: Yeah, right? Instead, the Moderna trials will contain one of the two different types of mRNA. These get the body's cells to develop a protein spike on their surfaces. These spikes are similar to those embedded by HIV on a cell's surface when it begins to infect cells to reproduce. When the body recognizes the presence of the mRNA spike, it begins producing antibodies to protect against infection. So the mRNA may allow scientists to make tweaks to the vaccine more easily. This is especially helpful for HIV because the virus is known to having mutated into at least 16 different known variants.
1: Oh, wow. I didn't know that.
0: I didn't either. And so, I mean, you're kind of starting to see the similarities here between uh, HIV and COVID-19 here, huh? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, Moderna's mRNA vaccines passed phase one testing earlier this year. So the phase one trials test safety by administering different dose strengths and observing how the body and drug interact. Phase 2 trials test the vaccine's overall effectiveness, and the Phase 3 trials will compare the safety and effectiveness of the new vaccine against the current HIV prevention medications. If the vaccine successfully completes Phase 3 testing, then Moderna can submit its studies for approval by the FDA. Then the FDA will conduct Phase 4 trials for widespread testing and cost analysis. If successful, the vaccine could then become widely available, helping to end an epidemic that has ravaged the globe for over 40 years. That's incredible that, news, isn't it, huh?
1: Yeah, that's definitely awesome. You know, whenever they started doing these sorts of trials with uh, PrEP, okay. uh, at the time it was it was Truvada was mm-hmm. the version of PrEP that they were getting ready to introduce to the market. I, I participated in those studies. I would go over to McGee's Women's Hospital a couple of times a month Uh, they would ask me some questions. Um, there were two different ways that they were thinking about introducing this. Right. And I'm really glad that they went with the pill. The first way was the pill. Just take a pill daily. The second way was a syringe filled with goop. And if you were planning on bottoming it that night, you syringed yourself with the goop right up in your bum.
0: Okay, I was kind of wondering here. Yeah,
1: yeah, just squirt it uh, all over
0: yourself. Because yeah,
1: style. and uh, <laughs> I'm really glad that they chose the pill method because yeah. the syringe method was extremely unpleasant and sticky and and gross. But I mean, hey, I didn't, I didn't care. I, you know, they would have me do the syringe for a couple of weeks, and then we would discuss how easy it was to keep up with it. And then they had me do the pill uh, and all that sort of stuff, but it none of it mattered to me because it paid really well. That's cool. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. So, I mean, yeah, we'll see what happens. I mean, but it could be kind of uh, interesting that having COVID, you know, hit the whole entire world here could actually possibly cause us to be able to solve the whole entire situation with HIV once and for all.
1: Yeah, absolutely. There. Uh, their method of looking further into messenger RNA yeah. is kind of opening up the doors for the cures uh, or vac- uh, vaccines for other areas that are not COVID. So that's fantastic.
0: If anything, it made it much more, you know, like people are open to this idea now, you know?
1: Yeah, so. absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Well, speaking of not COVID, Pete and Chasten <laughs> Buttigieg. Jeez,
0: that, that, that's that's like the generic. It's like the generic uh, segue now. Anybody of not COVID?
1: Yeah, you know anybody that listens to this podcast knows that I just suck at segues. So well, here he we go.
0: Suck at segues sometimes. It's <laughs> just not
1: you. So Pete and Chasten Buttigieg, I uh, announce that they have become parents, Yay. and they did so. Yeah, they did so on uh, Twitter. They made a post they did not include the gender or age of the, of the child or children. Uh, so we don't know if it's just one kid, if it's multiple kids, uh, none of our business, I don't care. But he yeah. posted, uh, quote, for some time, Chaston and I have wanted to grow our family. We're overjoyed to share that we've become parents. The process isn't done yet. And we're thankful for the love support and respect of our privacy that has been offered to us. We can't wait to share more soon. Uh, and the couple has been talking publicly about wanting to have kids since early 2020, uh, when Pete told people, the next chapter in our personal lives is going to be about kids. And even, you know, well, before they were married, they were already talking about wanting kids. Uh, and a recent profile in the Washington post, says that they had actually been having trouble adopting in the past few years. For example, two weeks ago, they were notified of a birth mother who wanted to put her child up for adoption and Chastin and Pete dropped everything to travel to her state uh, when they got that call, but then she changed her mind. But the internet exploded with the news as celebrities, politicians, pundits, and fans Uh, wished the couple well and congratulated them on expanding their family. But Buttigieg's former presidential campaign advisor, Jess O'Connell, who is a mother herself, may have summed it up best when she said, exciting news, and you thought the campaign
0: was busy. Right? I mean, (laughs) you have to give them a lot of credit there. That's probably one of the toughest things to do is to raise a kid. Yes. it's probably why I don't want kids. because I don't feel like I would be able to do a good job, you know? Well, so I, I'd say, Hey, leave it to somebody who thinks they can do a good job because yeah. I have a feeling I would inadvertently kill a kid, you know, not on <laughs> purpose, obviously. But oh my I mean, God. Just, Yeah. I mean, don't add me babysit either. No, it's just not my thing. You know,
1: the, uh, the most difficult part is from the time they're born until the age of three. So the first three years is extremely difficult. I, uh, you know, the first year is no sleep from all the crying and the weird mm-hmm. baby schedule. I, whenever they're you know two, three, they start potty training, and you've got to figure out how to get them to stop taking shits in their pants. <laughs> <laughs> you know, <laughs> like rush them to the toilet. Oh my god, that happened to me.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, you know, like I said, I I think the world of folks who raise kids because you know. Yeah. You know, that is one of the toughest jobs to do, but don't yeah. put me in charge of it. No, that's, I will admit, I'm not, I don't think I'd be good at it. I pro- But probably if you did put me in that situation, I'd probably be fine. Yeah. Just like everybody else thinks that same way as I'm thinking right now, you know, no oh God, I don't want to do this. Okay. Yeah. Hey, I'm actually not too bad at this. You know? <laughs> uh, well, speaking of not being
1: too bad at it, our, uh, our former Rachel Levine. Yes who is now a, a, a big D.C. bigwig and moved on to the big leagues.
0: Yeah, Dr. Uh, uh, Rachel Levine, as you probably know, is the first uh, transgender person to yeah. ever be confirmed by the U.S. Senate to a cabinet-level position. So as such, and as she did in Pennsylvania, she gets her fair share of hate and transphobia, Yeah, especially on the Internet. Oh, my God. Remember watching the videos every day we'd have the coronavirus updates, Jason? Oh, my God. I What's I didn't this even man read? trying to do with yeah. the state? Yeah. Shut I couldn't even, read, up.
1: couldn't even read the live chat on that.
0: Actually, just the local news chats on any video. Yeah. <laughs> Do you want to talk about the scum of the earth? Yes. Yeah. There right there. Anyways. So, um, you know, as we mentioned, she gets her fair share of hate and transphobia, especially on the internet. And she said that she channels that transphobia that she's experienced into helping people. And a conversation as part of the 19th represents a virtual summit. Uh, Levine said that she tries to ignore discriminatory remarks as much as possible instead focusing on responding to the pandemic and other public health issues. She said that I'm really able to channel that emotion into my work and subliminate those emotions, and it serves to motivate me more in terms of my work in public health and my work in terms of health equity for our community. During Senate hearings before historic combination earlier this year, U.S. Senator Rand Paul used transphobic language to question Levine about gender-affirming medical care for youth. At the 19th summit, Levine was asked if she expected to be singled out in that way during confirmation hearings and how often these experiences happened to her. Levine said that when she served as Pennsylvania's physician general and then the the state's secretary of health, there was a lot of interest in the media about her being an out-trans woman, but it wasn't as discriminatory. During the pandemic, when public health authorities had faced enormous pushback from the public on ways to mitigate COVID-19, she felt that that microscope on her was even more intense. Levine said that when she was nominated to be assistant secretary, she did expect to see a lot of pushback, but she has been able to compartmentalize. She said, I'm able to do that and really stay focused on my mission and my mission in terms of public health. Levine also said it's important to advocate for LGBTQ people particularly vulnerable trans youth who are really under siege across the country because of legislation in state houses related to participation in youth sports or banning trans kids from accessing gender-affirming medical care. Uh, She said, I think it's really incumbent upon all of us to push back against those discriminatory laws. And uh, she was also asked during the 19th conversation about how she feels about being the first out trans person to be confirmed by the Senate, and she said that she called it a celebration, Noting the importance of making sure that she is not the last.
1: That's wonderful. I love her. And I'm oh, sad yes. that she's not all ours anymore here in Pennsylvania. Yeah. But it's it's really nice seeing her represent uh and you know, be a part of the bigger solution in DC.
0: You know, and the fact that she's sacrificing her mental health there. Yeah, the absolutely. Good. I mean, because I mean, just think about that. If you were constantly being attacked every day. I imagine it does get to somebody after a while no matter how much you would like to say that it doesn't. It gets old, you know, very quickly.
1: Yeah, it's it's something that uh that can wear on you very very quickly.
0: So kudos for her for being able to, you know, realize that I think maybe she's probably in the best position being a public health professional to be able to deal with that, you know. So, you know, right. more more, you know, more kudos to her for being able to deal with that because I mean, that must be tough, you know.
1: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. But she's a fucking trooper,
0: yes. Oh, and uh, you're a trooper if you made it all the way to guess what time it is. It's time for the not straight cast
1: moment of conclusion. You're correct.
0: This is the straight, not straight, triple amendment of conclusion. You mean the not straight cast? Yeah, oh my God. Did I say straight, not straight?
1: You said straight, not straight. I don't care. We're not editing this out. I'm going to keep going. Caitlin Jenner.
0: <laughs> Jason, Caitlyn. you know what? I, I fear that every time I say that. <laughs> that I'm ne- going to say that. And I finally did say it, not fearing that I wasn't going to say it. I'm like, Argh. Anyways, yeah, go uh, ahead there. We'll leave that in. <laughs> all right.
1: So uh, California gubernatorial candidate, Caitlyn Jenner has returned to the campaign trail after taking time away to participate in Australia's Celebrity Big Brother, which I will be watching every single week. Uh, not only does it have Caitlyn Jenner in it, but it has like other people. I'll have to look at the list again, but there were like uh, like Omarosa's in there. Okay. Uh, I remember her and a couple of other people like these American politics people went to Australia to participate in Celebrity Big Brother. The difference between Australia's Celebrity Big Brother and America's Celebrity Big Brother is that Australia's is all pre-recorded and edited and then shown at once. So here in America, they show an episode and the events in the episode just happened a day or two ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in Australia, it's all just pre pre-recorded, edited, and put out at once, so it'll be out in a couple of weeks, and I'm going to watch the hell out of it. But anyway, so Caitlyn Jenner went to Australia. She was in Celebrity Big Brother, despite the fact that she's in the middle of a campaign. Right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> she, uh, she marked her return by visiting Venice Beach in, in L.A. and touring an encampment of homeless people living in a public park. Jenner did not help her meet with the transient people in need, however, but complained with others that such people exist. She yeah po- yeah right so right in front of the press she pondered out loud, where do they get these dilapidated campers? Uh, yeah
0: man oh man, it's,
1: I know right. Why do you think they have dilapidated
0: campers, you asshole?
1: Yeah. <laughs> so in May, shortly after launching her campaign, Jenner sat down with uh, Fox's Sean
0: Hannity. Of course, yeah,
1: yeah, to explain that she had decided to run because her wealthy friends didn't like seeing homeless people in California.
0: <laughs>
1: during, during this interview, she said, the guy right across the street from me was packing up his hanger, and I said, where are you going? And he says, I'm moving to Sedona, Arizona. I can't take it anymore. I can't walk down the streets and see the homeless. Jenner stated, yeah, Jenner stated, I don't want to leave. While getting emotional about how awful it is to see homeless people and about how awful it is to be homeless. Either I stay and fight or I get out of out of here. Well, now she's visited those homeless people and didn't do anything. Uh, She says we have to reclaim our public space. We have to regulate our public space. This the homeless is a pandemic. She claimed the
0: way she acted during this. Yeah. God God awful. God awful.
1: It's ridiculous. So not everyone that was at the event was on board. However, at least one person protested Jenner's presence there uh, and said, you're coming down with white lily promises of what? You're not the answer. The protester said, we're talking about people, human beings on the sidewalk. Where are you going to put them? Jenner did not appear to respond. Jenner's campaign has been marred by constant gaffes from the politically inexperienced first time candidate. She doesn't seem to have an inkling about how out of touch her wealth has made her. She lied about not voting in the 2020 election when she actually did vote, and she has insulted anyone who might ever support her campaign, from right-wing podcasters to transgender voters. Then she ran off to Australia. Uh, As mentioned before, she participated in, in an upcoming season of Celebrity Big Brother less than two months before Election Day, which is on September 14th. And just before leaving, she said, obviously, I would support Donald Trump if he runs for president in 2024.
0: Of course. Yeah.
1: Uh, Jenner tweeted that her campaign will continue, even though she'll be on the other side of the world and said, I'm honoring a work commitment that I had made prior to even deciding to run for governor. There is no pause at all on this race to save California. My campaign team is in full operation, as am I. I am in this race to win for California because it's worth fighting for. However, she's consistently polled poorly with California voters. And as of last week, she was tied for fifth place among GOP contenders with 3% support and her return from australia doesn't seem to be helping her in that area.
0: It's just absolutely incredible that I mean yeah she's still even in this race here. I, mean, I know, right? It's crazy. I mean, how do people who get rich all of a sudden become out of touch? I mean, you and I know some rich people, right? Do they seem like they're out of that out of touch?
1: Well, it depends because the rich people that we know, I don't think they have Caitlyn Jenner money. I think that they have rich for
0: Pittsburgh money. Okay. you know what i mean
1: yeah uh like they can afford a bmw and they can afford to build a house Mm -hmm. are are my rich people that i know or
0: or start a business or something like that or start a business yeah
1: uh but they're not like mansion in los angeles rich
0: but still how do you become that out of touch there you know because i would think if you're building a mansion you would need to know a little about a little bit about general contracting yeah right there I should be able to get a mansion built you know unless you who, tell somebody to just build me a mansion yeah but yeah it's just absolutely incredible like how these people manage to like possibly exist yeah survive yeah, drive you know just just in general
1: definitely crazy cupcakes
0: yes crazy cupcakes you are absolutely right it's crazy cupcakes crazy Yes. Okay.
1: It's, it's an old Brooklyn nine, nine quote.
0: Okay.
1: Anyways, <laughs> I think right.
0: we're at the end of the show here. So
1: yeah, we'll wrap it up. Okay. So, uh, thank you for listening and subscribe to us where all great podcasts are sold. Also check out Notstraightcast.com, which has links to our previous shows, our Facebook, Reddit, and Twitter pages, our discord server, the not dot store, blogs, news, and more.
0: And if you like us, please leave a five-star review on your favorite podcast app. And we want to thank you very much here for listening to Not Streetcast. And as always, until next time, have a not straight one. Bye for now.